Hey gang, Kevin Goatee, gutting the sacred cow. Do you like the background? It's very take on me-ish. For those of you over the age of 35, you nodded and went, yeah, I see what you're talking about. For those of you under the age of 35, go YouTube that video, take on me. Aha. Thanks again for being loyal listeners. You guys are awesome. Thanks for hitting us up, retweeting, more importantly, all of our links and sharing our episodes. It does mean the world to Kevin and I. And good news, we now have merch available on guttingthesacredcow.com. That's right, we've got merch. What do we have? Glugs, bags, shoes, gloves, shirts, pants. Hey, orange balls, I'll have a box of those. Give me a box of those naked lady tees. Give me two of those. Give me six of those. Yeah, that's Caddyshack, I know. But we do have bags. We do have shirts. We do have everything but N95 masks for you. That's a hell of an idea, right? Getting masks with our logo, our faces on that. Pretty cool. Guttingthesacredcow.com has the merch you may or may not want to give to your best friend for... Is it too late for Easter? It's too late for Easter. How about Ramadan? Is it... I think we're in the middle of Ramadan. But Father's Day is around the corner. So is Mother's Day. And last but not least, don't forget, if you're looking to advertise, guttingthesacredcow at hotmail.com is the email address. We would love to help you grow your business and or service. And without further ado, here's Seth Everett trying to take down last year's box office runaway hit, Joker. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I know some people kind of like it, yeah. everyone gutting the sacred cow god damn it kevin Israel. was this 27 we made it 27 just like the 26 of these 26 <laughs> of these, huh okay guys don't forget before we get into it go back and check out all other episodes we just did avatar with delvin cox we just did taxi driver with donor jesus himself we also did uh, titanic with karen margolis and, but more importantly, right now, right here, Kevin Israel, by the way, how the hell are you? I'm fantastic, man. <laughs> you look it. You look it. It's a hell of an intro. <laughs> I don't care what day it is. You look Everybody's like you, quarantined. You look like you're that f- parent who got their kid's report card and you know it's a bad one. And then the kid comes in like, hey, what's going on? Like, all right. Yeah, good. How are you doing? Huh? Want to sit down for a second? Let's talk about this. We're here with Seth Everett, everybody. Give it for Seth Everett. He's here for the Hall of Justice podcast, Sports with Friends podcast, fellow Jersey guys. So, so anyway, Seth has decided to come on, and I think uh, he's – You guys asked me to come on. I didn't decide to come on. Well, you decide – It's not like I heard the podcast and go, I got to be on this. Well, after this, you will. He, you could have said, said no, to be fair. That's fair. Seth has, I like Seth, the challenge. Seth has chosen to come on and attack a film, very new film, six months yeah. old, very well regarded, The Joker. Now, Kevin well is like Mom Jeremy's dick is kind of big. It's yeah. not The Joker, by the way. It's just Joker. Oh. Maybe it'd be better if it was The Joker. Oh, would that make you feel more uh, appreciative? Like Halle Berry's it? movie should have been The Catwoman. Would have been much better. Or The, the Swordfish. How about that, too? There you go. <laughs> what a glorious piece of shit that film. I rewatched that a few months that ago. That film is terrible. It's 
It's so funny that you bring that movie up. I was just talking to somebody about it and I referenced, they were talking about, oh, I can handle a high stress situation. I was like, oh yeah, could you crack into the NSA while you had a gun to your head and get a blowjob from a hooker? And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Could you also focus in Halle Berry's tits for 15 minutes like I did on freeze frame? That's high pressure. (laughs) Joker! Are you guys in quarantine watching old things or are you guys watching new things? I've been all new things. I've been I both. I've seen a classic dumb game that these people are tweeting about. I haven't seen any of that crap. Just want, give me all the shows that I want to watch. I've been on a, sports. I've been on a kick of a lot more older stuff than new stuff because I'm pretty good when it comes to the new stuff. Like, for example, I watched Body of Evidence, the Madonna film from 1993. That makes Basic Instinct look like a fucking Disney oh, film wow. from 1960. Like he's William William Dafoe is, is eating. Someone going to come on this podcast and rip a porn movie that you love? <laughs> He eats her fucking bush out on a car in a parking garage just to give you a little tip. But we chose the you chose the Joker. Kevin Israel, the old IMDb score. Give me the old one to ten. What do you think the IMDb score is? Uh, Eight, 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 five. Very close. Rotten Tomatoes critic score. What is it? Um, Ninety three. Sixty eight. Really? Wow. Shocking for the critics. I thought this was a, a critics blowjob right here. Yeah, me too. Audience score. Uh, 89. 88. Ah, damn it. One away. Now, facts and figures. Budget, $62.5 million. Odd that it's so high because there is not one frame of CGI in this film. One fun fact. Awesome. A take-home of $1.07 billion. With the B, it's a hell of a, a hell of a haul. Quotes only have two for this one. Is it me or is it getting crazier out there? And I used to think my life was a tragedy. Now I realize it's a comedy. Kevin Israel, any quotes out of you? No, this was this wasn't a quotable movie. Nothing. <laughs> there, there's nothing that I was going to run around and be like, I oh, remember that great line from Joker. Seth, any quotes that jumped out to you from this film? Yes. How much time left? <laughs> Who said that? Bruce Wayne? Oh, I hated that movie. I, I, this this we'll is not it. even like a movie I wanted to rip. It is an awful film. We'll, we'll get there. But before we get Give there. Give me the two hours back, and this podcast is already better than the film. Well, that goes without saying. Five. And five. the review we did, the review we did, we went to blows because the guy who does my movie reviews on the Hall of Justice, he loved the film. And I, he didn't make a strong enough argument. I eviscerated him. I'll do the same to you. Do you have the same guy going, meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice? He's in my open, yeah. I would hope so. Every time I tweet it, I go, meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, and I put in parentheses, podcast. And my goal is to make that show so big that DC sends me a cease and desist. (laughs) How close are you to it? (laughs) Well, we had a run. There was one moment. I don't want to deviate too much from your Joker talk, but we had a run. Uh, Zack Snyder came on the show back in 2016, and unbeknownst to me, he ripped Superman fans. And he just took a vicious shot at Superman fans. And that went viral. And I didn't know. Variety heard it, and they wrote an article about it. And you could still Google Zack Snyder Hall of Justice podcast, and you'll see it. And that show got about 330,000 listens in about a month. And that show, I said, at that moment, I said, DC is going to come after us then. I said, there's no way we're going to be called. And I was already, because I'm a big Prince guy, I would be like, oh, we'll be the show formerly known as the Hall of Justice in a second. That'll, that'll be a layup. 
I think DC was worried about making shitty films for the last 10, 15 years more than your no podcast. No joke. I didn't call. I, I didn't call Man of Steel awful. I would never do that to Zack Snyder's face. Like I have respect for people's work. <laughs> I wouldn't say it to Todd Phillips. I, 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 I would respect the work enough to at least show it respect. But if you're asking me my opinion, both those movies were garbage. You would just tweet it, but not at them. That's because you're a gentleman. <laughs> Five fun <laughs> facts. Five fun facts. Whoa, five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Fun fact number one. Joaquin Phoenix lost 51 pounds for this role. Five one pounds. That's the number of hair that Kevin Israel is going to lose when he gets that haircut. Yeah, he was uncomfortably skinny for this. 742,000 searches on Pornhub for the Joker. <laughs> I'll let that marinate for a minute. Who is, go- who is Pornhubbing good Joker porn? I mean, there, is, like, there are superhero Harley. porn out there. Tranny porn, I'm bored. Move on. What's next? Navi porn, been there, done that. Joker porn, oh, a treasure trove. <laughs> Martin Scorsese was supposed to direct the Joker, another fun fact, but dropped out to do the Irishman. Who did the studio want to be the Joker? One guess for each of you. Who did the studio want to be the Joker? Very big name. Um, Very big name. Nicholson? Nope, he did it. Who was, was the Joker? Um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> they, that, that's as big as that's, it's going to get. That's yeah. funny. Alec Baldwin was supposed to be Thomas Wayne, but he dropped out. Fun fact number four, Joaquin Phoenix was supposed to play not one, but two Marvel characters – he decided not to replace Ed Norton as the Hulk or take on the role as Dr. Stephen Strange. Yep. He didn't want to do any sequels. He only right. wanted <laughs> People of Aurora, Colorado asked that they not play the Joker at the same theater that was shot up during the Dark Knight Rises. Fun fact number five. May I interrupt? Uh, I, I, I can add to that fact. Uh, I knew someone that was killed in that Aurora theater. And her mom has started a charity in her name. And in the review that we did of the film on my Hall of Justice podcast, we had the parents on there. And I totally respected what they claimed and what they were suggesting. Uh, They weren't saying don't make movies like that. They're not saying you can't have violence in movies. That's not why her daughter got killed. The fact of the matter is, is that uh, Warner Brothers uh, needed to help support uh, anti-gun legislation in Colorado, and these ladies were this this young uh, young lady, the mom of my friend, and this was somebody I worked with in Colorado, and I knew her, Jessica Gowie, who was killed in that in that shooting. She was an aspiring sport uh, sportscaster, and she was going to be the sideline reporter for the Avalanche. I, I just knew it, and she was a wonderful person. So I didn't want that the- that movie shown, and that was before I saw the film. It had nothing to do with my opinion on the film. Sorry, continue. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that, Bring the yeah, spirit that was, down, but let's pretty bad. bring it back up now. More importantly, it is now time for Seth Effort to do what he was meant to do on this planet besides make us all laugh at the Hall of Justice. And that is gut the oh, uh, secret cow. Your Honor, Your Honor. 
Uh, this movie, to me, um, was an interesting uh, piece of art involving a guy who uh, had some mental illness. I can give you three movies that I would have put together that are better than this one. What they did was they tried to take an original concept and they laid it in with some of the most predictable storytelling I've ever seen. If you didn't see him coming where he was going to become violent, if you saw the scenes with the psychiatrist and know that they weren't going anywhere, if you saw that ending where the thing that's been on cinema more times than any other comic book act, the killing of the Waynes, do me a favor, give me something that has a little originality to it. And one of the things that people have said to me about this film is you have to appreciate mental illness. Can you curse on this podcast? Absolutely. Fuck no, that. Fuck no. That's not about mental illness. And if you want to do movies about mental illness, you could use my father as an example because he has mental illness. And I know all about mental illness. That's not what this movie is about. This movie doesn't insult me as a human being. This doesn't insult mentally ill people. What this movie does is it changes a story that didn't need changing. And so we kill Zack Snyder for changing Superman. But no, no, let's applaud Todd Phillips for making Joaquin Phoenix this fascinating Joker when he's not even the fourth best Joker on the docket. And Mark Hamill, by the way, is the, is the best one. The reality of this movie, and I'll give you my three examples. Um, what I didn't like was I didn't like how they tried to tie – a, a unique storyline into a story that's already been told. And what you did was you diminished the spontaneity of your story by there's no way the Joker is 28 to 32 years old when Bruce Wayne is a kid. That, that's not realistic. And all you wanted to do was say, screw reality. Let's just have comic effect or cinematic effect. That's lousy. What I would have done, and I'll give you my three. The first suggestion that I would have had is Joaquin Phoenix plays Arthur Fleck, a struggling comedian and a guy who comes from a rough childhood, has a really disappointing mother. And instead of Gotham City, he's in Cleveland. And Arthur Fleck is obsessed with the comic book Joker. He reads all the books. He's seen Heath Ledger. He's seen Mark Hamill. He's seen Jack Nicholson. He's even seen Cesar Romero. What he's done is he takes that art and he comic, he, he copycats it. And so what he becomes is not the Joker, but a facsimile of the Joker. And if they made that movie, I'd run to the theaters. I would absolutely run to the theaters. That's one. The other one, and I have to put a little context to this. Uh, my brother-in-law is a paparazzi. So my brother-in-law goes around New York City and he takes pictures of celebrities. And anytime there's a superhero motif to it, he texts it to me. So like if, if Hugh Jackman's going like this with his fists, like he'll, he'll text me that picture. And he was in Newark, New Jersey, which is about 20 minutes from where I live. And they were filming the Joker. And I had heard this way before the Joker came out. But I had heard this. Um, I, I saw this picture. And I, I put these pictures on social media. 
what Todd Phillips or Michael Uslan or Warner Brothers did was they arranged for the cast and crew to interact with the 1966 Batmobile. They brought the Batmobile to the set and they all took pictures. Joaquin Phoenix took pictures in the car, near the car, next to the car. And there's all these pictures and they were, they were in like people.com, you know, us weekly or whatever, whatever it was. And I was texted one of those pictures and I had this idea. Joaquin Phoenix plays Cesar Romero, an accomplished actor who in the twilight of his career, right out of once upon a time in Hollywood has to find that he is asked to be in this campy, dumb, childish Batman show. And Arthur, and not Arthur, and, jo- and Joaquin Phoenix as Cesar Romero says, I was in Hamlet, I was in this, and he can't wrestle with the reality. And what I want the motif for this movie to be is very much like the film Hollywoodland. Mm-hmm. You guys ever see Hollywoodland with uh, uh, Affleck. Ben Affleck yep. as George Reeves? And you make it that. And then, just like um, they did in that What's Upon a Time, uh, Quentin Tarantino did in the What's Upon a Time in Hollywood movie, you have your culmination of him agreeing to put the makeup on and the, the costume, and he won't shave his mustache, and they have to spray paint his mustache white. And then you intersplice Joaquin Phoenix with the original Adam West and Burt Ward. If you make that movie and make it like Hollywoodland, I would race to the movie theater. I'm just telling you, there are ways to tell this story. And there are ways to do it that didn't have to slap comic book fans in the face while doing it. And the only thing I ever heard from people was, you don't understand. This is what it spoke to me. This movie spoke to me. That's all well and good. And Joaquin Phoenix gives a hell of a performance. He's not the fucking Joker. Case dismissed. Or no, no. What, what is the phrase? I rest my case. I was like, we'll dismiss the case around here. God damn it. <laughs> I was like, I said the wrong word. Perfectly played. That's interesting, Kevin. That's good stuff. Okay. I'll, I'll buy that, Mikey. I'll buy that. <laughs> You've got to hand it to Joaquin Phoenix for fully inhabited his role of a loner on the verge of a psychological breakdown in The Joker. The whole thing, the, the whole damn thing is directed with such boldness and vision that Todd Phillips, yeah, the hangover guy, should never look back again. A big screen must see. Not only an intelligent throwback to the feel-bad shock cinema of the 1970s, Joker is all but unique in its social realism. The movie tells its story without apology, and Phoenix plays it to the serrated edge, conjuring a modern take on Milton's Paradise Lost, where we're asked to feel sympathy for the devil after being cast out of heaven. And I say, yet another critic who feels the need to take a classic piece of literature, mix in a metaphor to seem like they're coming from a place of wisdom. All these critics are this, yeah. I read a book and went to school and took 15 credits, and now I have a journal article. Listen to words. I have words. Critics one star reviews. Critics one star reviews. Critics one star reviews. <laughs> For all the hype and anxiety surrounding the film, one can't help but walk away asking, "All that noise for this?" <laughs> Cinema is dead. 
Here's your proof. To that I say, no, the proof is the Charlie's Angels reboot. That's my proof that cinema's dead. The more I watched it, the more I disliked it. Just did not work for me. I hate this movie. Simple. To the point. <laughs> to celebrate Joker as the year of the best of the year is akin to telling your friends all the celebrities you met while walking through Madame Tussauds. It isn't and you didn't. I didn't like what? that review. Yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. This is why critics are fucking blowhard jerk-offs. And anyone going to journalism school right now <laughs> for a film should really reconsider and say, you know what? Insurance sales, not really a great way to go through life, but at least the money's better. This I film is a movie review podcast. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> this film is a Joker cosplay more than Joker. A cipher elevated to savior by the disenfranchised and angry. It's not only a bad joke, but it's also a sad joke. Pause for effect. Noted. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Amazon, five-star reviews. It's going to get good right now, Seth. Five-star reviews. Amazon, five-star reviews. This is an apples to oranges. I'll be the, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> oh, no. This is an apples to oranges review. Let's just make that clear. Now that we've got that out of the way, this tops everything that Marvel has put out. Wow. That's... What? That's what I said. Let's also forget this is a DC, not a Marvel film. Someone who wanted to get, make the... It was not an apples and oranges review. DC is apples, Marvel's oranges. How about we get the facts right before we write a yeah. review? It's good to see that Robert De Niro finally read a script and actually does some acting here, parentheses, first time since Silver Lining Playbook. The backdrop of the movie is dreary, dreary and gritty, parentheses, being filmed in New Jersey, which has dreary in its, uh, in its abundance, which matches the state of the Joker's mind. And I say, if this person is from anywhere besides Hawaii, their state is more garbage than ours is. <laughs> <laughs> fuck I love when people shit on Jersey where are you from Cleveland fuck you Cleveland please set fire disgusting if you're overly sensitive to violence the subject of mental health guns clowns jokes or anything at all do not watch this movie if you are an SJW or PC person you will not like this movie so just don't watch it I think yes uh, I think the SJWs would like this film because if you want to really get down to it Thomas Wayne is a metaphor for Trump yeah, this is a completely a, 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 a liberal kind of piece. And that was a, uh, the Zuccotti Park, you know, revolution right then yeah. and there. Absolutely. Now, <laughs> this is our absolute favorite, Seth. The Amazon one-star reviews. The open micer is getting their chance to pretend that they have a GED. Amazon one-star reviews. <laughs> Joaquin did a great job. Someone please keep an eye close on him. I say, it's called the NSA, and they're all watching us, fair reader. Joaquin Phoenix is, an, is equally deranged IRL as he is on screen. He should retire, right, like Michael Jordan did after winning his third championship, right? Just retire after winning an Oscar and getting a forklift operating while you're at it, right, reader? Fucking people are dumb. This is what happens when you give the fucking voices to stupid people. There you go, Seth. Some that you kind of turned on to. My husband deals with depression, and this movie upset him. We turned it off only after a short time. Can we get a refund? I say maybe. And that's not even it. It's yeah. not a. It's not it. And all the people who 
bitched about this movie and they're like, it spoke to me and it speaks to depression and it's a perfect portrayal and we need more movies that address that. Fine, make that movie. Right. Don't call it the Joker. I think her husband would not suffer from depression if he did not marry an adult who asked if she can get a refund in the Amazon review section. How about that? Next one. But I do not watch movies to wallow in the squalor of the worst possible version of our civilization. I do not pay money to feel scared, anxious, hopeless, or frustrated. I do not find that entertaining. Signed, a huge fan of Schindler's List and Sophie's Choice. (laughs) I mean, why not just watch Mike Myers' films because you can't handle any other emotion besides dumbness and stupidity? Fucking simpletons, I tell you. This one was written in all in caps, so you know what that means. His was the worst written and acted movie I have ever seen. I have thousands of movies in my collection and have given this one away, so I will never be asked to show it again. Everyone who was with me watching it agreed. It was such a disgrace. First of all, no one's asking you to show the movies, and no one was with you when you watched it. <laughs> and second of all, he has thousands of movies. Even this guy, he have to have a few clunkers in there if you have thousands of movies. He probably has at least four copies of Anger Management alone in his library. <laughs> and this one is my favorite this one never seen that don't i tried well here you go I, that was another older film i tried watching halfway through I'm like nope nope adam sandler is just besides gilmore and madison it is i take that back i did like uncut gems i, I thought that was good you did i never saw that really it's good it's a no nice interest surprise in that. That, that does nothing for me no i haven't but, seen i have to i just rented the uh, the ben affleck movie and we had him on the podcast talking about it. And I remember leaving the recording going, oh, that sounds like a movie I'd see. Three months later, I haven't seen it. Which Ben Affleck movie? The <laughs> Way Back, the basketball movie. Oh, yeah. I didn't see the it. one that no one saw. It tanked in the theater. Well, no, no, no. The world stopped. <laughs> Two no, 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 no. It came out before. It came out like the end of January before Corona was out. It was out. But oh, opening, open weekend, it tanked. It tanked opening weekend. It made like seven million bucks, which is. Before yeah. China dropped the Corona album, it was. Last one. This guy, my favorite by far. I live some 2,000 miles away from New York City in Texas. I have never been to New York, and I don't sure don't know anybody from there. Now that I think about it, I don't think I ever knew anybody from there. Chicago, sure. Atlanta, okay. Miami, but not New York. And no, my greatest ambition in life is not to move to the Big Apple. For starters, I don't want to pay four times what I pay in rent right now for a similar apartment. And yes, it is relevant because that's part of the problem for the main character. I'm also not keen on having to cough up a couple hundred bucks a month just to park my car somewhere before it gets stolen, that is. I think if I hear any more about Brooklyn, I'm going to throw up. By the way, I'm a college grad with a language degree, 3.2 GPA. Huh? What does that have to do with the movie? Thank you very much. I, by the way, only a couple hundred bucks a month to park. Give me the address. I'll park my car there right now. That's a fucking steal. <laughs> by the way, and who else brags about their GPA unless you're just out of community college? No one after, no one after the age of 25 could tell you what their GPA was. Honest to God. And I do agree. No, with but them. I feel bad for all the seniors that are missing uh, senior year because if I remember my college experience, the last three months of senior year were the greatest the three months of my life. It was, and they, what they're missing, what they, they, they went to, to school in January with hopes and dreams and a plan and a light at the end of the tunnel, and now they have no jobs to go to, and they're stuck at home. That's 
crazy. That's a great point because I'm sure your senior was the same. Mine was filled with cushy ass classes I needed to graduate so I could just post, <laughs> drink in my fraternity house, play beer pong and GoldenEye on 64 all fucking day and night and have sex with women with copious mor- various moral problems. And that was it. And now you're exactly right. These poor bastards are not going to have that same opportunity except yeah. Zoom orgy parties and that's it. <laughs> Kevin Israel. Your notes on this film? Um, well, I, I also, as you and I have talked about before on uh, this podcast, I, I grew up a comic book fan. Um, uh, the Killing Joke was probably one of my favorite Batman uh, graphic novels. And so when I saw that they're making this movie, and they, and they, uh, they said a lot of, often that it was based off of The Killing Joke. Right. Um, I was like, this is going to be amazing. Like, they're when, doing... When? Well, that Right. So I, I was like, this is, I mean, that's a bold move just to go right into that story. Um, and then when the, when the trailer started coming out and we started to actually see a little bit of the movie, I was like, oh, the only thing they took from Killing Joke is that he was a comedian. That was, oh, that's, it's literally that's... like they read those couple flashback scenes and were like, well, that's the movie we're making. Um, so, but it's, it's funny because I was talking to another comedian, uh, Joey Callahan, who was also a huge comic book fan. And he said he hasn't, he, he hasn't seen the Joker and he didn't plan on seeing it because uh, he's just kind of comic book movied out for right now. And it didn't look like anything that made him. Oh, more, but it's not a comic book movie. Or, well, so to his point is that an it, emotional it, thriller. it didn't look like it was going to be <laughs> an interpretation in the Batman universe that he wanted to see. Um, so I said to him, it's funny. Once I went into this movie, I just removed the entire existence of the, the DC universe from this movie and watched it as a, uh, as a immense performance by Joaquin Phoenix. To me, this had no, this had no connection to the DC universe. Short they of killed the, the Waynes. They the killed the yeah, Waynes. I mean, Come on. They did, in, they did in Tim Burton as well. But they, of course they did, because that's the Joker. Yeah. But they, yeah, but you know what? But there was so much other symbolism about this movie, and so much there, it was there was a real economic um, analysis of, of of how people are treated today. There was there were a lot of other themes that I just separated myself from just and just said this has nothing to do with Batman. I'm just going to watch Joaquin Phoenix's performance, which I thought was amazing, um, and it was it was just a fascinating portrayal to me. Was it the Joker? No. My my favorite Joker will always be Heath Ledger. Um, Mine too. And uh, and so I I mean I like this movie for what it was. Do I and now I see them they're apparently talking about doing a sequel that's gonna that's to gonna, that. Oh no that, no no no. Yeah, they're, 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 apparently Joaquin is considering it. Um, but can you imagine when he's sitting in the apartment and he's sitting there and he's he's destitute and he puts on De Niro. Could you imagine if you put on The Dark Knight and you're watching Arthur Fleck watch The Dark Knight? Oh, yeah. That's a, that, oh, hey, that, that's a I'm, telling, I'm telling you, if you saw that moment and then as he's walking in the subway, you hear Mark Hamill's laugh and do it as an homage to the Joker. And it would be, it would, first of all, it would make more money than it makes. You could tell your story. You could do everything for the mentally ill. You don't change the motif that you're going for and you make us Batman fans love you. Yeah, no, I look, I, I, I think that's a brilliant idea. Make uh, that movie. Just let's make that movie. Let's you and me, let's call Joaquin and let's make that movie. <laughs> um, 
Maybe we could, you ever watch Bat in the Sun? No, I've not seen that. Bat, Bat in the Sun, it's a, it's a YouTube channel where they make, it, it's a lot more than cosplay. They, there are some. Oh, they, like they, how it should have, like fan fiction kind of thing? Yeah, it's, it's fan fiction, but they, I, they have some serious budgets behind them and they do a great job. Um, and they've done a couple of kind of one-off Batman movies and they're, they're do, they do it very, very well. The guy they have play Batman is very, very good. Um, when he showed yeah, up at Wayne no, Manor, I said, I oh, it was making me nauseous. It, it's so stupid. Especially if, if, you're, if you're a real comic book fan or you're a real comic book purist, this movie seemed kind of unnecessary, especially considering what DC is, is going on in the DC universe or not going on. It seems like they could have spent a lot more time trying to tell those stories better and do a better job with those movies than just create this random story that nobody really asked for. But again, I... I looked at it as uh, as just a completely a story that was completely outside of the the DC universe, and I just I I just respected Joaquin's performance in it because I thought it was amazing and that he did a great job playing this incredibly damaged character. Um, so yeah, I mean, I they pan around. He's in the car, and that at the very end, and he they pan around, and the Waynes are going down the aisle, the the alley, and I go. You're kidding. Come on. This again? I was, you know what? This You're right. again? I was really Come surprised on. that they did that too. It seemed a little unnecessary. Have you guys seen the YouTube of all the live action and animation murders of the Waynes? No. There's <laughs> like 30 of them. There was one in the Super Friends. It's was awful. It, yeah, oh, yeah. In the really? End, the last season of the Super Friends, um, he gets uh, caught by uh, Scarecrow's... Uh, fear gas or whatever and yeah. he and he dreams it and it's a dream season series season but you see the waynes walking down the aisle you don't see the gunshot or anything like that but you know exactly what that is and then what was the first goddamn thing in that show gotham the first thing yeah. is be as predictable as possible and what i wanted for gotham is fall in love with the waynes have season one be all about the Waynes and Bruce living with his family. Get to know the Waynes and love them. And then when they die in the season finale, you actually feel some loss. Yeah. But what Gotham did was what everybody else wants to do, and that is show me something I've already seen. And, and gave it's, you the most it's so stupid. In the world. It was so insulting. And there's a way to respect, you know, why does Marvel have the success they have? Is because they res- respect the source material. They don't copy it. Endgame wasn't a movie that came out of the comic book. They, that's an original story, but it shows reverence for the source material. And when it doesn't, we call them on it. And in this situation, all it was was the Joker's not a good enough villain. Really? Look at 80 years of history of the Joker and tell me he's not a good enough villain to have his own backstory be a real backstory. I think all would say this he's clown the, wasn't he, a that doesn't hold a candle to the Joker. He's the best villain in comic book history of all time. No one of course. can I, there's no one can say otherwise. Of course, he's yeah. a maniac. Yeah. And what they've done and what, when they did the have you guys ever seen the animated it's called a Batman Beyond Return of the Joker? I might have. That does sound familiar. Joker but- there's a flashback scene to the original Batman, the animated series and the Joker kidnaps Tim Drake, Robin, and he tortures him and turns him into a Joker junior. I did see that. Yep. And it is vile. And when you look and Kevin Conroy, who I've, he's been on my podcast and he's such a nice person and he's the greatest voice of Batman. 
when he grabs the Joker and he goes, I'll break you in two. And you feel it. You know what I mean? You mm. feel it. And you want him to finally pull the trigger and just beat the bloody pulp out of the guy. Or the scene in Dark Knight when they're in the uh, interrogation room. Right. Tell me one scene in the Joker film that rivals that a little. A little. Nothing. That scene Nothing. in the, that interrogation scene is an amazing scene. And you didn't see yeah. it coming. The first time you saw it, you didn't see it coming. Oh. But when Arthur Fleck walks into the goddamn subway, you're like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen here. You yeah. saw that coming from a mile away. I got some notes. <laughs> you feel bad for him. You really do. Especially at the very beginning with, with the sign and all that and trying to make the kid laugh in the bus. You do feel bad for the guy. That's, it got a different emotion out of you if you've seen the joke for the first time. Uh, every autistic new comic jumped up and yelled, that's me, when Arthur <laughs> Fleck goes on Murray's show. That is for certain. Phoenix got the Calista Flockhart look down to a fine science. Good for you. The temp agency guy, I put him on my top 10 dick, biggest dick of all time film villains, along with the, the Titanic guy. Where's the sign? I got jumped. Billy we Zane? need a sign. Yeah, yeah, Billy, yeah. Billy Zane? Yeah, we did, we did Titanic a few weeks ago. But yeah, where's the sign? I got jumped. We need the sign back. That's like saying someone who just got shot from a, you know, from a gun. Hey, you're bleeding all over the place. Can you clean up while you sit here in the hospital waiting room, you fuck? What a jerk off. Uh, I wish you would have gotten killed, too. Did not need to see Arthur Fleck's mother naked in the bathtub. No, sir. Thank oh. you. Oh. Uh, I, I didn't complain. She, <laughs> she was Ruth on uh, Six Feet Under. She's a lovely lady. So I, I guess you're the only guy who gets chubby when you see Magda from Something About Mary. That. I didn't say that. I <laughs> Old titties is his forte. <laughs> did not. Okay. Did not. Uh, don't you have to be funny to be a comedian? I was one of the lines, too. I wish a lot of comics parents told their, their kids that. Who going to the business, right, Kevin? Thank you. It was nice to see Rod Dangerfield's club packed again like it was 1988, unlike the current times. Not buying Thomas Wayne as a dick. I'm sorry. That's been – he's been the nicest guy, the biggest philanthropist in Gotham City, but now he's a dick. I'm not having that. I, I was not on board for that. Also kind of fun to see a younger, tough guy, Alfred. The Gotham version didn't did, – yeah, Gotham didn't do shipping with, with the Alfred version. Not a fan. I didn't see Pennyworth on, on – I Apple haven't seen it, and it's free on Apple TV now. In this quarantine time, it's going to be my summer project. Here's another problem with, with the reality. He's standing in the aisle of the, during the movie. No one yells, sit the fuck down. Bullshit. Not where, I'm, not where we're from. And I laughed my balls off with the midget and the door chain scene. How do you not find that hysterical? You know, that that scene, honestly, that that was a banana scene. Loved it. Scene where he, where Kills I, him, and then he goes, and he can't get out. He thinks he's going to get killed, and he can't reach yeah. the door chain. I loved it. Loved it. It would have been more beneficial to, ca to, to cast Bill Maher as that snarky talk show host than De Niro. That's funny. Can you imagine him going on, oh, look at you with your painted face. A lot, a lot less funny looking Gene Simmons, okay? <laughs> Kevin Israel, give me a score of the Joker, 1 to 10. One, one thing I have to add that you remind me of with your, uh, with your notes. Thank that you. stuck out to me from the, the, when I saw it in the theater to when I rewatched it, the scene where he gets jumped by the three Wayne employees in the, in the, uh, in the subway. And the one guy starts singing the clown song or the circus song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows that song? No one. Oh, something who knows that song and would start singing it as a prelude to beating the shit out of somebody. I thought that was so weird 
And and especially for those, like if it was some other, like if he got beat, if some other nutcase beat the shit out of him who happened to know that, I would have believed that. But these three like preppy, you know, wealthy Wayne employees and one of the guys knows this song and starts singing it to, it was just, that was so bizarre to me that it, it took me out of that scene. Great point. Anyway, as, far as, a, as far as the score goes, um, I give the movie a seven. Jesus Christ, we share a fucking brain. I also have as a seven. This I own this film. I liked it in the theater. I think it's I think it's solid. I really do. It's the first DC movie I don't own, and I own George Clooney's Batman and Robin. I have it, it too. Me it too. <laughs> I got it when you bought the voodoo. You get the four for one movies. You mean to tell me you own Suicide Squad? I find that really funny. I own Suicide movie. Squad, but I will not get Birds of Prey. And if you want to have me back. I hate that movie too. I never saw it. Actually, Kevin, do you see Birds of Prey? I just, just saw it last week. It's a, it's a rated R movie with Pratt Falls. Well, yeah, if you're going to do Pratt Falls, make it PG and make kids have it. But the fact I do that, Pratt the fact Falls. Yeah. Birds of Prey was ironic since the Birds of Prey were in it for 13 minutes, maybe. Uh, Margot Robbie is too, way too talented to just say yes to everything. She's got to start saying no. She said yes to Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All she did was walk around and smile the entire time. But she looked fucking great. She Let's call did it great. It. And you see uh, I, Tanya. Yes, very good. Tanya Harding. She is amazing incredible in that. in that. And she's a good in the, the Fox News movie. Oh, yeah. That's also great. Yeah, I like that, too. Yeah. I like this. The miniseries with Russell Crowe as Ailes, uh, the loudest voice, is better than Bombshell. Is it? He was on Stern oh, by a lot. Bombshell is very uh, clicky and very, um, I almost want to say cliche. Um, uh, when, when Russell Crowe plays Roger Ailes, it is dark. Yeah. And he's, it's he's, dark. And you see them sitting in a room, come up with the idea to prop Trump up. Oh, it's, it, it, that miniseries is fantastic. What's that, that on? What channel? Fascinating I think Showtime. I'll give that a, a gander. Got, got some free time in our hands. I give it a seven. I enjoyed this. Will I watch it again in the next anytime soon? No. No. I'll watch it. Listen, if, if it's on cable and I'm flicking around, it's been a while. Maybe I'll, I'll watch it. You guys some. still have cable? I do. I, 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 I can't do it. Cut the cord, man. Cut the cord. Too many people complaining. What are you going to do for, for live sporting events and other things like that, you know? YouTube, I'll tell you team. I'll tell you how to get them. No. YouTube TV has more sports channel, and I'm not a sports guy, has more sports channels than anything I've ever seen. No problem. Yeah. No, no problem. All right. Well, cut the cord. I go to Apple TV and I watch what's next on my list. And so it'll tell me Ozark. It'll tell me Homeland. It'll tell me all the things that I need to see. And I never flip channels. I, I, I couldn't tell you what channels any of these things are on. All I know is they're on when the app says they're on. Oh. It's great. It's the best way to watch TV. You don't watch bullshit anymore. It's it's fantastic. Ladies and, and especially in quarantine, you get an opportunity to really feel productive at the end when you're when you're sitting there, as opposed to the guy on social media is like, I put on SNY and I saw Dwight Gooden's two and ten strikeouts again. Like, shut up, get a life. I haven't watched anything sport wise in this. I watched the Bulls documentary, which is great so far. I haven't okay, seen is it. it good? Yeah, the first it was so, so good, and again, I'm, I'll be watching the draft on Thursday. So that's the only the thing. The virtual I'm draft. Did you see that it's trending on Twitter? Will yeah, they, Roger they Goodell act- be wearing pants? He is <laughs> announcing the picks in his basement. Will he wear pants? What are the odds? I'll bet on it. What are the odds that you never <laughs> find out? Yeah. By the way, Joe Burrow minus three thousand to go as the first pick. I thought about throwing a few bucks on that, but why bother? Kevin Israel, did Seth Everett gut the sacred cow? He made, Seth, you made a great argument and you made 
some valuable points that I think um, a lot of comic book purists would agree with. But uh, I, I don't think his argument was enough to, to take this one down. I agree. I what do happens? love the. Is there a trophy or something? Did you get something at Sharper Image? <laughs> or not Sharper, Sharper Image? image. Things fun? remembered. Things remembered. You know, we'll, we'll send you a Brookstone catalog. You can That's why you guys, are, you guys are comedians, and I botched the joke. We would. <laughs> Three, two, when called, one. When we called Things Remembered and told them we wanted a silver cow that was cut in half. Like, oh, I said no. <laughs> I said we frown on that. <laughs> Even in now in quarantine, we frown. I will take, I will say this. I love the altered storylines you've planted. Those are fantastic films. And I agree. I would run like hell to go see those in the theater. Did you got the sacred cow? I agree. You did not. Very good arguments. Don't get me wrong. A hell of a dying effort. How about a vicious high five? Would that suffice? A what? A vicious high five. What's a vicious high five? More than, a, more than a lackluster high five. Oh, okay. You know, more like like when uh, Dutch and Carl Weathers in Predator, Dylan, you son of a bitch, but the, the greatest high five shake of all time, right? Those <laughs> veins were fucking pumping. Oh at my that. god, they both were. They both were pumping up so much before, right before that. Jizz or juice? Both. <laughs> Seth Everett, you've been a fucking blast. I love to have you yeah, on the, thanks on the for podcast, having me, man. Seth Everett, tell us where we can find you yet again, and, and throw out your podcast names where we can find them. Oh, you might, you're, you're okay. Cause I got a good plug this week. We have a By good guest coming up. All right. Uh, Wednesdays I do a show called sports with friends and the plan, although this has not been confirmed. The plan is to talk to Kenny Albert. Oh, wow. Uh, an old buddy uh, who's stuck in quarantine. So why the hell not? Um, a guy who is so busy. I could never get him ever. On this show, we've done 240 episodes. I wouldn't dream of having Kenny Albert on the show, but I think we're having Kenny on the show or this week or next week. But on the Hall of Justice, which comes out on Thursdays, we have filmmaker Kevin Smith on the show. Oh, wow. Nice. Ask him what his thoughts on the Joker are. (laughs) He loves every movie. That's so hard. I listen to his podcast when I'm in the car, which I don't go in in these days. Um, but Kevin's a, Kevin's a good guy and we have 8,000 mutual friends. And when the quarantine thing happened, uh, it turned out it wasn't one of my mutual friends. My wife, she works in licensing and she was talking to a guy who said, I have to go. I have Kevin Smith on the other line. And my wife's like, Oh my God, Kevin Smith again. Cause I have all these mutual friends with Kevin Smith and I talked to the guy and all I told him was, you know, check out the hall of justice. And so he saw the hall of justice. He texted and said, I'm in. So he's going to do it. That's awesome. Good for yeah, you. It is awesome, man. Pretty fun. That's good stuff. Yeah. He did like the last Skywalker film. So his uh, opinion takes a big hit with me on that one. Cause that film fucking sucks. Every movie. He, but that's the thing. He likes every movie and what he looks at it, he has a different perspective because those are his, his peers and those are people he knows. So if you were going Look, if Todd Phillips went to high school with me and I'm at a reunion, I'm not eviscerating the Joker the same way I did tonight. You know what I'm saying? Right. Ke- that's Kevin Smith every day. Yeah. So when he, what, what, you don't listen to him for uh, analysis of breakdown, you know, but um, I do have some unique questions for him. He knows about him. And so we're going to, I told, I told his assistant, I said, uh, Zack Snyder got 330,000 downloads. I want to beat that. That's my goal. 
get <laughs> Kevin Smith to say something outrageous that it makes him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if he has another heart attack in your podcast, that'll get more that than 3.30. Yeah, that would be news. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Israel, where can we find you? Um, hiding in my house, waiting for this all to end. Yeah. Uh, praying to talk to some people other than my wife and my dog. Um, you, Wait, so you don't have any kids and you're quarantined with your wife? Yeah. Oh, that's my fantasy. Oh, yeah. You're so lucky. It's, it's pretty. We're, we're, we're enjoying it. Although after four weeks, it's kind of lost its luster. Can I um, pitch a podcast to you guys? This is an idea. I want nothing to do with it. I don't want to put it together. I don't want anything. I want to create an email address. And random strangers could email 10 minutes tops of audio. And the answer to the one question is, what would you do if you were isolated one day, 24 hours, all by yourself? No roommate, no spouse, no kids, no mom, no dad, just yourself in one place. You would hear the dirtiest podcast in the world. <laughs> it would be incredible. There'd be one guy going, I eat all the damn donuts. I'd go to the, you know, that'd be one guy. And then there'd be a woman going, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't put on clothes. Like I'm telling you, it would be the best podcast. You can take this out of that podcast, but uh, I think it would be the greatest podcast in the world. And I don't want to put it together. Mine would start. Mine would start off with I actually jerked off without the door locked today. There you go. See, <laughs> I'm telling you, it would be it would and and listening to it would be amazing because we're all people terrible. watchers, right? So you'd listen and it would ten minutes because we're not in cars anymore. We're just walking around the block. Ten minutes is all I got. Brilliant <laughs> idea. KevinGoatee.com. Why? I don't know. No dates, no new movies review, no new NFL bets to put out, so why bother? <laughs> GuttingTheSacredCow.com. You can go there and check out our merch. We're looking for merch ideas. Shirts, socks, condoms, fucking face mask for, for COVID. We need ideas. God damn it. And if you want to throw us a donation, too, to help keep the lights on, why the hell not? Visit our YouTube page for that. Yeah, follow our YouTube page. Yeah, yeah. We're getting – so we're actually not – Doing too poorly for only a week out for the YouTube, you know, and barely promoting the YouTube page. But yeah, gutting the sacred cow, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know the drill. KevinGoatee.com, KevinIsrael.com. And Seth Everett, thanks again for coming on from the Hall of Justice podcast as well. Thank you so much for talking about the Joker. Guys, we'll take it easy. Take care. You're welcome, guys. Take care. See you later.